Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cold open. This is as cold as you're going to fucking get right now, I think. Jesus Christ, what do you want from us? We're in an iceberg right now. What are you, Jen's just back from Glastonbury. Maureen's the most peppy. She's got the nicest dress on. Yes, another another charity shop bargain. Oh, well done. Do you just keep going to the same one? What's going on? Is there? No, this this one I got ages ago in Birmingham, actually. Okay. She's just pulled it out. I was like, is there some older woman with exceptional style who has just passed away in your area? <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, more younger and the dashing kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Jen how are you feeling after uh, did you have a busy weekend? Oh it was really fun so so fun honestly we had the best time but yes I am broken. How was Elton John? Elton John I mean he was great it's Elton John isn't it? Is that his last ever live performance is that is that it's his last ever live performance and watching him on stage, I would say that was probably correct move. Not a bad to make. call. <laughs> no <laughs> offense, Seemed... Elton. <laughs> no offense, Elton, but that, that did seem like a bit of a struggle to get from the piano to wherever else he was getting to. Um But oh but he can still belt out a tune, bless him. Wow. Good. And he's got su- such a back catalogue, I mean, you know. Every song was a banger. Not like Paul McCartney last year. I'd just like to dedicate this song to my wife. I just wrote this yesterday. No! No, Paul, we don't want you to hear the song that you wrote yesterday. We want to hear you sing yesterday, for God's sake. Just the bangers, mate. <laughs> anyway, um, Elton John was... was, was um, He was great, yeah. We just had to be there, didn't you? Yeah. You had to be there for Elton John's final ever performance. Who had was to. the best performance that you saw? Uh, for me, Christine and the Queens. Okay. Uh, they did probably one of the most, I don't even know how to describe it. I think they did the same performance that they did at Meltdown and, uh, which is a, um, I suppose it's like an arts music festival on the South Bank. And, um, so that happened, I think a few days earlier or a couple of weeks earlier and I'd read about it and I thought, wow, that looks, and I'd seen some of the clips on Instagram and then I thought, well, I, they can't possibly do that at Glastonbury because it's too out there. It's too wild. And I think Glasto audiences won't get it. Anyway, they did it at, um, or he did it, as as they like to be known now, um, at Glastonbury. And it was, I think I've, it was, it was like, I said to, I said to my friend, I said, I feel like I'm having some sort of religious experience. It was so incredibly visceral. I... I personally loved it. I thought it was absolutely one of the most truthful pieces of, like, watching a, an artist be the most truthful and the most um, vulnerable and honest and uh, on stage I've ever seen. And whether you... So I, I suppose whether you liked it or not, I just think it was it was it was just incredible to watch. But 
I'll be honest with you, I don't think the Glastonbury audience, a lot of the Glastonbury audience enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) Because Glastonbury is kind of one of the, it's, Often you're seeing people, they aren't necessarily your audience. They are people that are just, oh, we're here. Well, I guess we'll stick around and watch and see what's what. Um, but I'm a huge Christine and the Queens fan. So for me, I was there deliberately to see them. And that's all I wanted to see. I, um, I can't remember who else was on. I think Guns N' Roses was on and Lana Del Rey was on. Oh, and, yeah. and, and Left Field and Rick was Astley. on. Did you see um, Rick Astley? No, Rick Astley wasn't on when Christine was on. Um, and... So there was loads of competition to go and see stuff, but I knew that I wanted to go and see them. Anyway, that was, for me, absolutely amazing. And I loved it. And I thought it was, uh, I feel like I, I was worth, if I had, if I didn't see anything else, I saw that and that was completely worth being at Glastonbury for that. Um, but yeah, I noticed that a lot of people were like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> what is this? But I was completely absorbed. I was like, wow, this is incredible. Um, I didn't see Rick Astley because I was doing an afternoon show about the same time. So I couldn't see Rick Astley. Um, I heard that Rick Astley did a set with the Blossoms as um, doing the Smith's back catalogue. And I heard that that was the gig to see of his. It was apparently that was brilliant. Yeah, I got really but, good, good, good comments on Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I heard I heard people saying it was like, it was like they weren't even watching Rick Astley. It was like he sort of <laughs> become Morrissey or something. Um, yeah, I think there was so much stuff you can't see it all. It's impossible. You just can't. I mean, there's like however many stages with however many brilliant things going on. There was one artist I really wanted to see and I I was waiting for someone. And then when you're in a big group, I really wanted to see Maggie Rogers. I didn't get to see her and I was a bit disappointed about that. But I'll watch it. Was Lizzo there? Was Lizzo there? Lizzo? Lizzo? Or Lizzo? Lizzo Lizzo. was there. Lizzo wasn't there. Was Lizzo Um, good? Did you see Lizzo? All right, Joe. (laughs) Lizzo didn't turn up, actually. Which you can imagine did the disappointment. See, did you see Lizzo then? Yes, I saw Lizzo, but um, uh, it, Lizzo had, I would say, the biggest audience of 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 the festival. Yeah. No, so, it was John Elton. I think it was Elton John. Uh, that's what they've said. It's the biggest. Possibly the biggest... Elton John, actually. Yeah, but yeah. but outside of Elton John, Lizzo had the biggest um, audience of the festival, so it was um, very difficult to get anywhere near. Yeah. If you, you if you wanted to see Lizzo and get a good place, you had to be there for about four or five hours earlier. <laughs> you know, so um, uh, we saw we saw it and we heard her and 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 you know she was brilliant, but um, we're absolutely nowhere near the stage. We were right at the back, but yeah, she was brilliant. She she looked great and she did about four three or four different uh, costume changes and stuff. But uh, yeah, Lizzo was brilliant, but. Anything on the pyramid stage is, um, you know, you're never that close, really, unless you're like dedicated. But I'm like, I need the to- I need to be somewhere yeah. that's close to a toilet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can't I do. Be. I can't be in amongst it. I'm not. I'm not there anymore. But what? Also, my other favourite was Cat Stevens. Oh yeah. Oh, so beautiful. And we were like, and it was so chilled. So we had a brilliant view of the stage because everyone was lying down, <laughs> and. Um, it was it was wonderful. Cat Stevens was also one of my favourites. I mean, that's quite the that's quite the duo, isn't it? Christine and the Queens and Cat Stevens. <laughs> but there you go. That's where my musical taste took me. But anyway, that aside, Glastonbury was amazing, and we had a wonderful time. And even even fifty percent of my gigs were great, so that's good. <laughs> At a festival, that's a win. That's a win. That's a win. So I it's didn't know Guns N' Roses actually had Axl Rose. Oh, well, who did you think was doing it? Well, somebody else sings for, you know what I mean? Axl wasn't singing for Guns N' Roses for a while. Like, he was gone. Wasn't he? No, no. It was somebody else that was feeling. Axl was like, so the fact that Axl was back, I was like, oh, my he God. He got flagged off a lot, though, didn't he, for his singing? Did he? Was it bad? That's yeah. what I was wondering. Yeah. Did he? On where, yeah. Maureen? On Twitter. Oh, dear. Well, Chloe went, and she's a big Guns N' Roses fan, and that was the first gig she went to see when she was, like, 16. Yeah. And she went, and she went, she got really close to the front. And I said, how did she get that close to the front? She went, mm, they weren't that popular. Oh, <laughs> oh really? 
be. No. I, they are of an age. No. You have to be of an age. Like, I remember Appetite for Destruction was one of the first cassette tapes I ever owned. And I hid it from my parents because it had a very controversial cover. And I was like, I don't ever want them to see it. So I was like, aw, Guns N' Roses, special place in my heart. Well, I didn't go to Glastonbury. I went to a cocktail party at the London Scottish uh, where there were no cocktails, but there was a pipe band. So did they have a pipe band at Glastonbury? But they didn't. I, I, I bet they did, actually, Maureen, because they had everything else. I'm sure if you wanted a pipe band, there was one. I don't imagine they had the experience. They weren't on the pyramid. They weren't on the pyramid stage. <laughs> no, not on the pyramid. No, they didn't make it. Maybe, maybe they would have been there on the, um, I don't know, the other stage. That sounds very other. Do you mean a bagpipe band? Bagpipes? Eh? Is that what we're talking about? Bag yeah, pipes? yeah. yeah. Oh. band. Okay. It's a, it was a London Scottish event. So my dad invited me to this cocktail party. and um, But there were no cocktails. It was just wine or orange <laughs> juice. Well, so stick that like... together. There's your cocktail. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? And then it, it turned out it was a celebration of King Charles's coronation, which he didn't... Uh, he missed that bit out. It, just, it was a cocktail party. Do you want to come? Anyway, so... And Isla, Isla St... Claire was there. Do you remember Isla St. Clair? Yes, of course I do. She was there. She's what was she a, doing there? She knows people at London Scottish. Uh, they, they sell her CDs and stuff. But she has aged so beautifully. I mean, she must be in her 70s at least. Oh, she looks, she absolutely. looks late 40s, early 50s. I mean, she she's got to stunning. be late 70s, surely. Yeah, yeah, she must be. But Isla St. Clair used to host with Bob for, um, Bruce Forsyth, a really popular show in England. A generation game in Britain, I mean. Anyway, she I didn't talk to her, but she looked absolutely... I was like, my God, you have aged well, woman. So, yeah, so I went to... Oh, and then another thing I did, right, I have slugs in my house. I get slugs in the yep, summer. Yeah, yeah. And I always say to myself, I'm of that age, I think you might agree with me, where you, you have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the loo. And I always say to myself, Maureen, put shoes on, because you've got slugs oh, in the no. house. Oh, no. Didn't put shoes on. And I stood in a slug. I noticed straight away the slug did not survive, I have to say. Um... <laughs> A lot of slug juice all over the place. <laughs> but honestly, it was the most... I was, as soon as I stood in it, I was like, ah! Like that. It was... Oh, it was horrendous. I actually had to clean my foot. I was just like, I don't, don't want slug juice on my foot. Yeah, I'm glad you cleaned your foot. <laughs> yeah, boring. I, I think we've... You didn't even need to say that. We, I would have accepted that you would have cleaned... You're not just going to go to bed with a slug attached to your foot. I mean... <laughs> What? How do slugs? Why are they in your house? Because they come in through the through the doors. I know because when yes. I lived in Withenshaw, same thing. I would wake up in the morning and there'd be like six slugs that had made their. So I started to pour salt across the the doors. Yeah, yeah, where they would come in because then they wouldn't come in. But they come in through the doors. Yeah, yeah. do that then. I always have slugs in the summer. Well, do that. Just put some salt down. I mean, I don't like to think of things burning up and on being on fire, but at the same time, they're going to die under your feet anyway. Slugs are revolting. They are revolting. Slugs and snails, I had never experienced so many as a oh, Canadian. Snails are fine, but slugs. No, snails are gross too, because if you don't see them, I remember there were some parts in London where the first time my best friend came to visit me and we were walking, <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> and I looked at her and I was like, she goes, what's that crunching sound? And I go, oh, those are the snails you're stepping on right now. And she was like, oh, my God. She had never, I had never seen so many crawly things until I moved to this country, everyone. Snails and slugs. Yeah. Really? I just don't think of this country as being a creepy, crawly place, but I guess we do have snails and slugs. I, I mean, I, the advantage, advantage, unlike Australia, they don't tend to kill you. That's you know, mm, a big mm -hmm. advantage. Mm -hmm. No, no, that's true. They're, They're just gross. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't want slugs in the house, but they don't massively gross me out. There are other things that gross me out, like cockroaches. I can't get. To, I can't get a handle on them. They move too quickly, and they got wings. What? Do you know? I had a friend who lived in Paris who always had cockroaches in her flat. It was just in the buildings. So she could do anything about it, and you got so used to them. In the end, you just they used were to pets. Squeeze them. No, they weren't pets, but you used to just just squeeze them because they you were used just to everywhere. squeeze them. What to give them a cuddle or? No, just to kill them. Oh. I heard you're not supposed to kill cockroaches that way because then all their babies get squished out of them. Their eggs come out, yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. Oh. That, 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 that's the thing about cockroaches is their sense of survival is insane. They're anyway, like, oh. let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> what topics, what interesting topics we're talking about today? What, 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 you brought this topic up. I love the way no, that I did not bring up cockroaches. I brought up slugs. <laughs> well, that, 
that's the natural progression if you're going to no, start bringing up a subject. Slugs don't it, turn into cockroaches. You bring up a subject about creepy crawlies and then and then go, why are we talking about creepy crawlies? I think you'll find a slug is not a creepy crawly, it's more a slide along. It doesn't creep. It, it is that the walk. official biological <laughs> term? It's a slide along. For slugs. Oh, that's it's what the botanists, are, the botanists are calling it now. Have you seen the slide alongs? They're uh, getting <laughs> they a real problem. They creepy crawlies, that's for sure, because they don't creep, but they don't crawl. I love... Well, there's an, it's a natural progression, Maureen. We start on a slug. The, the fact that Maureen started on slugs and is absolutely offended We're by done. cockroaches. Done. How dare you? Well, what weeks we've had. Jen's been to Glastow. Maureen is battling slugs. I mean, I... They're not slugs, uh, Alison. They're slide-alongs. <laughs> slide-alongs. Yeah, they're slide-alongs. Get, let's get the terminology correct. Um, Alison, what about you? I mean, I don't have anything to compete with either one of those things, to be honest with you. Uh, what did I do this week? I've done gardening. Boom. Done. There we go. Great. What have you gardened? Well, I got a couple of rose bushes going. Uh, some people were giving away some old plant pots. I took them up on that. Uh, I had a couple of nights off. It was great. So I went into the garden, guys. I got, I got into the garden. Uh, that sounds good. Oh, Alison, a couple of nights off sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to have an actual night off. I've worked <laughs> every day in Glastonbury. <laughs> Can you imagine? Glastonbury working. What a nightmare. What was that about? Um, anyway, we've all had a week. Um and a weekend, and what a what wonderful weekend. Maureen has uh, been treading on things. Alison, you've been growing things, and I have been... Surviving. I don't know what I've been doing. So I've been surviving a very, very big festival. 35,000 steps a day. Wow. It's a big old festival. It's like... I. You get from one end. At one point, we were at what I can't remember where we were. I think we were at a, a stage called Woodsies, and we were like, "Well, let's get to the park um, part of the fest." There's a park stage. We looked at it, and it was so far away in the distance. We were like, "I think it's in a different town." We were like, "Fuck it, forget it. We're not going." And we never did. We just never went there. We could be bothered. Anyway, we've all had a week. What a wonderful week it's been. Maureen Younger has obviously done a thing. It's been weird, and we we'll probably need to hear about it. It's time to find out what your beamer morning moment is. I messaged Jen, I have just put olive oil in my eyes. <laughs> and I was like, sitting there going, why is it so blurred? I, I mean, you can't make this shit up, can you? <laughs> it was oh. fine in the end. But I wouldn't recommend it. No, you wouldn't recommend it, Maureen. <laughs> I bought this uh, new dress, uh, a black, lovely black dress, short dress, and it looked fine. And then I went to put it on one evening. I thought, well, I think it's a bit short. So I, I showed Jen and Jen went, yeah, it... it you need to you need to give me a you need to give me the back because I need to see what it looks like from the back. Um, so I went, yeah, fine. I'll take a little clip. Basically, what happened was I had to film it three times because the first two times I shot it because I didn't shoot the bottom of the back of the dress. So you weren't even in the shot. Apparently, I was. I was in. The you shot. weren't in the shot, Maureen. You were the side of your head was in the shot, but you you physically your body wasn't in the shot. You could just see the top of your head. Um, and maybe a, a, a shoulder or something, but to say you were in shot, you weren't. You weren't really. I was in shot. It's just the bottom of the dress wasn't in shot, so Jen couldn't really. Well, we'll have to stick it up. I mean, stick it up and we'll see. But like it was like it was like two or three times, and I went and I made a big thing song and dance about it, going da 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 da, <laughs> put the film on, and then just walked off into the distance. <laughs> I love that that's how Jen knew you were demonstrating the length because the noise. Dun, da, da, the noise. Dun, da. She's like, da, da, oh, okay, da, she's da, parading da. around, just so not in view. I still don't know if the dress is too short. I think it might be slightly too short. I think it might be all right in flat shoes. I think with heels, it might be just a bit too... It's a really nice dress. It's a and, lovely um, dress. but I think it, it might be... it, 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 I, Certainly the top bit, um, it, it, it really suits you. And, it, and I thought, oh, that's a really lovely dress. And then Maureen said, well... So, so the video was of uh, when Maureen did it. Was the video was just of her shoulders, and I thought, oh, what was Maureen wearing? That looks lovely. And then she said, oh, I'm just going to go and show you. Just, I'm a bit worried; it's a bit short. And then the the da, 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 bit was <laughs> <laughs> was Maureen demonstrating um, what the dress. Just going to show you, Jen. Da, 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 da. I was like, I can't actually see this dress. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I was thinking you could maybe wear the dress with um, I don't know maybe. 
opaque tights or something? It would, it oh, yeah, matter or so shorts, much. maybe shorts or something like that. I don't know. Or, or I, was some, gonna, I, was want, or, I wanted to wear it on stage, know. but I don't want to be, you know, sometimes you're self, self-conscious. That's not a good no, idea. No, I, I don't think it's a dress for on stage because I think you would feel self-conscious if you're moving about quite a bit. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's a dress that allows you to do that. But I did think that if you were wearing it maybe in the winter and you had a pair of sort of darker tights, it would be okay. Mm. But nonetheless... I have taken dresses to seamstresses, seamstresses and had length added to things. Yeah, the problem is it's got, um, if I remember rightly, it's got a like, um, it's all black and then it's got like silver at the bottom. So it would look, it'd be a bit difficult. Do you know what I mean? Because the, 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 at the bottom it's silver. But anyway, so that was it. I just thought that is, luckily, I mean, it was unusual for me. Luckily, I actually checked the film and didn't just send the film. So I, I did ab- make three attempts. <laughs> I, I absolutely loved it because Warren was like, okay, this is my third attempt um, to try to get this on. <laughs> I watched it and I did laugh. It was like just Maureen disappearing into her. It was like, I can't see the bottom <laughs> of the dress. And then, and then she, and then her face coming back to her camera, going. So anyway, let me know what you think. I was like, well, <laughs> I think I can't see whatever it is you want me to see. Anyway. But Maureen, well done for for the purchase. It did look good. Yeah, yeah. I've got to stop. I keep buying every time I go up the high road. I buy something. Yeah, but I mean, you know. I mean, this is an old one. This is an old charity shop purchase. But yeah, I know. I've got. I'm running out of room. Would you believe? But I have actually given some stuff to charity. Some eighty stuff. Actually, I probably could get a lot of money on vintage if I could be bothered to do it, which I can't. But actual real 80s stuff. I know. I did say to you, you were like, oh, I give away this vintage top of blah, 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 whatever it was. I was like, stick it on vinted, Maureen. Make I a know. bit of money. And be. also, it's very easy vinted. Is it? Yeah. there's very. a. Pl- you, don't have to, you don't have to go to the post office to get it weighed or anything. They, there's a place. You just print out a sticker, stick it on your package, and then go to a place, and it's a, there's a drop-off point where you drop the package off, and away it goes. And you, you don't have to do anything. So okay, simple. maybe I'll set up an account. Think about got... it. Go through, go through some of your other eighties gear and make it make some dough. That's mm. what I would say. Anyway, if you do want to see that video of Maureen uh, disappearing into up. the distance, I think she'll probably put it up and tell us if you think Maureen's dress is too short. Too short. <laughs> do, do let us know if you think Maureen's too be- dress is sh- too short, and do enjoy her. Uh... Da, da, da. Da, da, da. <laughs> Maureen, thank you very much for being more Maureen moments. Uh, we can't wait to hear next week's Be More Maureen, which we have heard is the Classic. best Be More Maureen moment of 2023. Maybe possibly. maybe possibly all of them. We don't know. We'll have to wait. You'll have to wait till next week to find out. Um, but now it's, t- it's time to uh, return to Alison June Smith, who has been given a problem and only she can help. It's time to turn to the A team to ask Alison. Go to the gym. Get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, I ain't using it. Oh, thank you so much. Look, okay, this one, I love this one. I think it's a perfect time of year to discuss this. Uh, Reminders always, I am not a professional therapist. I know I seem very wise, uh, but I am not. So go seek real help, uh, professional. But I will give you some advice on a few things. So here is the lovely problem. I love this one. My husband is a teacher. I am a TA. We have three school-aged children, 7, 10, and 13. It's nearly summer holidays in England, and my husband is dreading it because his mental health really suffers when he has no routine. I suggest things to keep us busy, but we won't have much money to do more than simple, close-to-home things, and I'm worried about six weeks of him being miserable, in brackets, sorry, depressed, and me having to G up the kids and keep us all going for six weeks. I've started a list of free things, but anything else I can consider to keep us all sane for the full six weeks. Okay, listen, this is such a good problem to bring up because I think what a lot of people don't understand is that, uh, look, I used to be a teacher. So I was a teacher for seven years and summer times are actually, it's very common for teachers to fall into a bit of a depression. You would think someone's like, oh, six weeks off. Great. But this is a very common thing because teachers are so, it's like, There's just so much adrenaline. Day to day, you're going, you're going, you're going. There's no uh, autonomy. Your your days are dictated for you, Uh, you know. And then all of a sudden the summer comes and it's just like 
that's all gone. And you've just got all this time. And literally there is a drop in like every sort of dopamine, serotonin, uh, all of that drop. So a lot of teachers go into depression. So I'm really glad you brought this up. Um, I think... And, and uh, people are always like, oh, I think about it. If you had your job, you're doing your job full time, then all of a sudden someone just said, okay, take six weeks off. And then you had to go back to your job. It's really hard, everyone, to work, 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 and then stop for six weeks and then go back to your work. It, it, it throws you way out of sync. Um, the reason why I think it's so hard, too, is because also you're on a different schedule. A lot of friends and families do not have the same holiday schedule. So then also you're left to be thinking in your head a lot, stressing about the next year, thinking about what's going to happen, thinking about I should be relaxing. You just you get in your head as a teacher in those six weeks. So here's my advice. Um, and this may sound anti <laughs> what anyone would say. But I think the first thing your husband should do before he even gets into summer that first week Reflect on the school year that has happened, okay? You won't be able to fully uh, relax until you reflect. Um, Think about things like, what would you change? Is there something new you want to try? Your husband, get him to write it all down. And honestly, treat that reflection a bit like a job. This eases his eases him into like getting into the summer holidays. So maybe he wakes up in the morning, he does a little reflection, then you go into something for the day. But if you don't take the time to reflect how the year went, you you can't let it go. So that is a big thing I want you to encourage your husband to do. Um, Encourage them, too, to maybe have a few meetings or some lunches with some other teachers so they can, like, wrap up and culminate and talk about the year and maybe think about what will happen next year. It's just that first little bit of summer he needs to decompress still within kind of teacher mode. I highly recommend that. Um, Then, I think before summer starts, things you could do is talk about some things that he can do with his time and you as well, right? So things that teachers can do in the summers, okay? Volunteer. Take a class. I know it sounds ridiculous, but a lot of teachers like schedule. So a class, uh, a workshop, uh, join a gym. Uh, exercise is the most excellent thing you can be doing during these times because, again, you have all this extra energy you need to burn off. Um, do you want to teach at a day camp? There's lots of summer things that you could still do with kids. Uh, read a book. Join a book club. There's a great one here at WTB run by Maureen Younger. Uh, run a book club. Uh, um This is a fun thing you could do. At the end of the year, teachers, you often get a lot of gift cards. Gather up all those gift cards that the students got you and go go on a day and have a spending spree. Go buy a bunch of Starbucks. Go spend those things. Go reward yourself with what the kids gave you. A day of Starbucks, a day of this. Often I see teachers who just let those gift cards go to waste, and that is complete garbage. So use the summertime to spend those lovely gift cards. Um, Actually take a vacation. If you get him to plan four days, maybe where you're going to do something, it's a lot easier for someone to go, I'm going to change my gear and for four days we're going to go do this or we're going to do that. Or do a staycation. Use this opportunity to maybe go see friends, family. But if you give it some structure, it makes it easier for him to fall into that sort of routine. Once you have kind of an idea of what those six weeks might look like for him, things that he can do, things that he's interested in doing, then maybe you need to talk to him about morning schedules. I think this is the hardest thing, too. People who like routine, it is morning that is the most important. What does he do every day? Is he going to get up, have his cup of coffee? Uh, Is he going to go read? Uh, Is he going to do the class in the morning? Is he going to go teach this workshop? If he has a morning schedule... Every day, it makes it a lot easier. Days are the same, and then if he has a plan kind of for the summer, it makes it easier to relax. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I'm telling you, these things will help. That is all the advice that I can give, and I kind of lived through it a little bit. So thank you for sharing that. Teachers, uh, I applaud you. Thank you for all that you do, and I don't think that summers are easy, so bless your hearts. Do something that can fill the well because all you do is give, 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 and we need you to like take in some some stuff so you're ready to give, give again. So um, structure your summers, enjoy your time, uh, find things to do, and don't beat yourself up because you can't just relax. <laughs> That's my advice. Oh, thanks, Alison. That's really good advice. It's hard, isn't it, when you you have all, let so much structure in your day and then have none? Yeah, yeah. 
I think that's why a lot of people, when they retire, really struggle, don't they? There's a lot of depression after retirement because people feel like they've lost their um, purpose. Yes. Um, But, um, yeah, I think it's... um, I sometimes think, uh, you know, that's quite hard for people that are self-employed as well. You know, you know, I think a lot of comedians quite suffer from quite a lot of depression as well, well suffer from depression anyway. But um, uh, but also partly because we don't have any structure in our day and uh, you have to create it and you have to get you have to motivate yourself and you have to um, make sure that you are, you know, that, that, you, that you have sort of a, like, I, I guess there's sort of like points to, to reach, aren't yeah. they? Moving forward. Or goals. Yeah. To get, yeah, goals to get to. Otherwise, you're just treading water. You can tread water for months and months and months and years. not do anything. Years. Really. <laughs> well, years, yeah. yeah. And you can kid yourself that you're that you're doing stuff because you're doing a little bit of admin or you're turning up to a gig. But actually, in terms of... I've always found that the only way that I can get to, like, um, push myself to have structure is to create a deadline. I mean, I mean that's. I know it's not the same when you're on a holiday and you you don't necessarily want those deadlines, but to, but to create some sort of structure in your day can be difficult. So that was really great advice, Alison. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Maureen, with you, could you? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, I I look at my dad. My dad's eighty-seven and is in fine fickle, but he was always busy. So he he, he used to work at the London Scottish after he retired. He was he was the barman. Um, then he left, and he's always doing. He's got the bowling club. He's always. I don't know, building something, he's building a shed in his garden or he's up at the bowling club sorting something out. And he always keeps busy. And I think that's why, because he's... He, I think if you go and sit in an armchair once you've retired, it's, you know... It's game over. Yeah. It's game over, really. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, it's, when you've got, like, um, six weeks, I think it's quite good because you can go, right, this week is this thing, this week is that yes. thing. Yep. And you can create, some, you can do it week by week. And this week we're all going on holiday as a family or, or, or whatever it is, you know, but but have something in place. Um, but also if it's your partner, it's like, Jesus Christ, we've got to get through this together. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, let's. <laughs> yeah. But that's why a little pre-plan as a couple sometimes helps because then, you know, because she seems really on top of it. She knows what's going to happen. So bless you for knowing what's going to happen with your husband. I think that's so great. Yeah, preempting that is is, is spot on. Um, Alison, thank you, as always, for your advice. Uh, and now it's time to think about what we have been looking in the black box into the abyss. What have we learned? What have we gained? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Sorry, Alison, I'm distracted by the fact that Maureen appears to be drinking double cream. I'm not drinking double cream. What are you drinking? It's a cafe latte. Oh, thank God. I, oh. Sorry, <laughs> Alison, let's be honest. It wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility that Maureen is chugging on some double cream. <laughs> I've been watching The Patience of Dr. Garcia, which is a Spanish TV series on Netflix, um, starring Javier Rey, who is a really good actor and also, I have to say, incredibly easy on the eye. <laughs> I have no problem... With watching series that star good-looking men, I'm quite happy to do that. And it's um, I found it re- I really enjoyed this series. It was in- it's initially set in 1936 during the Spanish Civil War, 
and Javier Rey plays a left-leaning doctor, Dr Garcia, who's wo working on the front line in Madrid while it's being attacked by Franco's nationalists. And um, obviously it's a very dangerous job. He's, he's very, he's, he's quite idealistic. And his life changes forever when he takes in a wounded spy and, 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 and he becomes really good friends with this guy. And they, they join together to take in uh, to kind of a decades long fight against fascism. And so the series blends uh, real and fictional events of World War II and the regime of Franco to tell their story of these two men who infiltrate a clandestine network that helps Nazis settle in Spain and Latin America. So it's like a historical drama come espionage thriller. And you have the dramatic irony of knowing that like, all the risks they're taking, they take an incredible amount of risks, um, are basically for nothing. You know, they're, they're basically uh, risking their life. And at one point, Garthi, Dr. Garthi is forced to do something that goes totally against all his principles, just to save both their skins. And uh, and they're doing all this because they think if they, if they show up what the Franco's regime is doing, the, the Allies will get rid of Franco. And of course, as we know, the, Fran the Allies couldn't care less. They couldn't care less. It was a fascist regime in Spain. All they were worried about were communists after the Second World War. Um, and it also stars, um, so it's Javier Rey, it also stars Tamar Novis as Manuel Arroyo Benitez. And it's also, it's, it's, it's a great because it gives you a history of Spain, but it's also about the friendship between these two men. And it's at one point when they meet up after having seen each other for years and he he's gone around all of Madrid because he knows this guy plays chess and he finally finds him at this chess club. And the look in their eye, it's so, it's so moving. The, leading, the lead woman in the first couple of episodes is annoying as hell. I just wanted to slap her, but luckily she disappears. So, so that's, that's great. A couple of shows in. Um, but the production values are out of this world. It's by RTVE, which is a Spanish TV company. They produce really great dramas. Um, I, I, the only fault is that at the, the last episode when they're really, they get really old because it goes up to 1975, they don't have decent wigs in Spain by the looks of it. The makeup, the ageing makeup and the wigs are just absolutely awful. <laughs> that kind of spoils it. But apart from that, I really enjoyed the series. I would recommend it. Oh, brilliant. Okay, and that's where, where can you watch that? Netflix. Netflix. Okay, brilliant. Well, that's if, you, if you're up for um, subtitled or, or you can actually probably, it's probably dubbed if you want to do that. You can check that out on Netflix. That sounds great, uh, Maureen. Um, I haven't been watching any television at all this week. At all. Nothing. <laughs> But um, I, uh, <laughs> because I have just been working, but I have, um, when I was in Berlin, I watched a couple of films. And I suppose I could talk about those. Um, I watched a film called The Forgotten Battle. So I watched a movie called Operation Finale. That is also, you can find that on um, Netflix. It is based on a true story. It's um, 15 years after the Second World War. Um, and it's basically about a team of... Um, Israeli, um, I suppose you'd call them uh, secret agents or spies, who um, travel to Argentina to track down Nazis, basically, who've been taken in by the Argentinian uh, regime and, and hidden. Um, and they are looking specifically for the man named Adolf Eichmann, who is the Nazi officer who masterminded the transportations and the, the logistics of the extermination of millions of Jews. So... Um, he was the one that was behind the whole thing of um, uh, the Holocaust, basically. Um, and it's a true story based on how they go about doing that. And it stars um, uh, uh, Ben Kingsley as uh, Adolf, uh, Adolf Eichmann. Um, Oscar Isaac plays the main um, spy in it, Peter Malkin. Um, it has other... Um, Actors in it like Hayley Lou Richardson, who you would have seen in White Lotus, the, the, the latest series of White Lotus. She plays a young um, Jewish girl who um, who lives in Argentina, who by accident ends up dating Adolf Eichmann's um, uh, uh, son and is the reason why she brings him home and meet, to meet her father, who is also Jewish, who hide that they are Jews um, in order to then let the Israeli government know Adolf Eichmann is here. You need to come and get him. We've met his son. Um, and they, of course they don't, you know, initially they're like, listen, we've got loads of people we need to get. He's not a priority. Um, and then they, they, they figure out exactly who this guy is. And they're like, do you know what? I think he is. And they, they, and it's about the story of how they get him. And it's, and it's really stressful and convoluted at, at, at how, the lengths they have to go to, to get this man out of um, Argentina so that he can stand trial 
in Israel. And they obviously they do succeed, but it's the story of how they do it. And I found it really fascinating and I thought it was really... Really brilliantly acted, and Ben Kingsley is utterly repulsive in it as playing um, Adolf Eichmann. And um, uh, yeah, I can recommend it. It's um, it's it's a it's a it's a good film, and it's available on Netflix. If that's uh, I, I watched it because we'd just been in Berlin, and I started to watch things about the war. You know what it's like. Um, <laughs> I, and I watched it on the on the plane back from from Berlin, but you know, might not be your bag. Don't worry about it. It's just a little suggestion. Uh, Alison, let's talk about horror. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's so hard because I've just watched a few things that have just blown my mind recently. Side note, I don't know if you guys even... Have you ever heard of the TV show? It was a a reality TV show years ago called Meet the Duggars. It was a family... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there is a documentary right now on Amazon called Shiny Happy People... It is amazing. It is. So this is not my recommendation, but I'm just so excited about this. The Duggars were like, basically, they were like a very Christian, almost Mennonite, uh, you know, a a very strict. And the whole idea was have as many kids as you can anyway. They have like 20 kids or something, do they? It is all about the demise of the Duggars and how like the eldest brother uh, gets convicted for like, doing things to children and the demise of a family yeah and it is look i love when when religious weird sex all of a sudden you're like ah pull it apart and there's mayhem so i've been in that i've been in the duggars lives for the last two days and i am in shiny happy people shiny happy people so um it's not my horror recommendation but it is so good if you like culty religiousy oh it's good everyone meet the duggars yeah yeah that is a side note on amazon shiny happy people it is the latest documentary series that is taking people by storm uh okay it's a good one it's great it's a good one uh my horror recommendation to go along with schools and summers (laughs) this is an awful one if you've never seen it it's called The Faculty. It is a 1998 special, everyone. The Faculty. Here we go. I've heard of it. Yep. I have heard of it. Uh, it is. Get ready, Maureen. Your, your face is just going to get disgusted as this goes on. To the students at Harrington High, the principal and her posse of teachers have always been a little odd. But lately, they've been, having, they've been behaving positively alien. Controlled by otherworldly parasites, the faculty try to infect students one by one. Cheerleaders, football player, drug dealer, and new girlfriend Mary Beth team up with some of their other classmates to fight back against the invaders. That's right. It's teachers that are aliens. It's amazing. I've seen this. Oh, yeah. It's thrown on late night. It's one of those, like... I have... I think I have chosen to watch this. I've watched this. It's got lovely Josh Hartnett in it. Oh, dreamy Josh Hartnett, early days. Oh, God, he just disappeared. He disappeared. What happened to Josh Hartnett? Yeah, yeah. Black Hawk Down happened, and then that's it. He was like, I'm out. But this is a great one. It's just, it's rubbish. If you just want to get involved with one of those late-night horror movies where you're like, what is this? This is such a good one. And I just loved it because it was all about being in high school and I just, I don't know, the faculty. It's so great, everyone. A mindless, bad effects horror movie. You got nothing to lose. you know what? Nothing to win. I mean... You're nothing. You've got nothing to gain. <laughs> nothing to gain from watching this film. Um, it, it, do you know what? Rotten Tomatoes gives it 56%. That's not bad, you know? And also it's got, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's got, uh, in terms of reviews, it's got better reviews than a lot of the horror movies we have recommended over yeah, the... Over the yeah. So I like that you say we, Jen, you have never recommended. I take all the responsibility for all the horror no, movies. Jen has recommended the odd horror this movie. This is true. Good ones, though. IMDb gives it 6.6 6 out of 10. That's not hey. bad. And and Rate Your Music uh, gives it 2.8. Anyway, don't worry about that. It's fine. <laughs> don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Don't, don't look at that. Yeah. yeah. A little trashy. Alison. Um, holiday. Yeah, yeah, but sometimes a, a, a trashy uh, holiday horror film. And also, uh, it's not. It's not going to be one of those movies you watch and then you can't sleep at night. No. It's 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 completely not that. The at effects all. So are ridiculous. You, it's yeah. it's it's not scary. Okay, all right. You're not going to be scared watching. There this are movie. jumps, it's fun. Maureen. There are some moments where you oh. would scream. Yes, there are jumps. Yes, but I mean, I scream at Indiana Jones movies. So this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> 
Um, Alison, thank you very much for your horror recommendation. Absolutely marvellous. Let's head back to Maureen Younger. She has a corner. It has had some cultural units placed into it from an alien from out of space. (laughs) Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. This week, I'm going to talk about the Rossettis. There's an exhibition at Tate Britain at the moment until 24th of September in 2023 in London. And this exhibition follows the romance uh, and the radicalism of the Rossetti generation. So predominantly Daniel, Dante Gabriel, Christina and Elizabeth. Well, she was born Elizabeth Siddle. That was his wife. And they'll get to, in, according to the blurb for this exhibition, visitors will get to experience world-renowned works from their boundary-pushing careers because uh, they were quite radical at the time. And it's apparently the first retrospective of Dante Gabriel Rossetti at the Tate and the largest exhibition of his iconic pictures in two decades. I do like I do like a pre-Raphaelite picture. If you don't know who the pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood was, there were a group of English painters, poets and art critics founded in 1848, included William Holland Hunt, John Everett Millet and, and Daniel Gab- Gabriel Rossetti. Um, and apparently, and I don't understand this, I don't really understand art, but they sought to emulate the simplicity and sincerity of the work of Italian artists from before the time of Raphael. That's the the, the the dictionary description. But if you see the paintings, they are very, very, they've got a definite style. You would recognise them. I suppose the most famous one is Ophelia by Millet, where she's kind of lying in the river. With very oh, long yeah, hair. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's, that's very famous. It's a very famous painting. So if you can't make it to London, uh, there's a TV series. I've also got the DVD. You can get it, buy it from Amazon, called Desperate Romantics, which was a six-part television drama about the pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood, first broadcast in 2009. It has Aidan Turner from Poldak fame, Estante Gabriel Rossetti. Uh, Rossetti comes across as a real twat in this. So um, Joan would want to punch <laughs> him in the face, basically. <laughs> I think by episode one, she would have probably beaten him up. Um uh, I tell you who's interesting though is Elizabeth Siddle, his wife, um, and she was an artist. She was also a model, so she she appears in a lot of the paintings, and she kind of exemplified their idea of what they thought female beauty was. And she was also an artist, but obviously people didn't really take her that seriously because you know she was a woman, and she had to. She married Rossetti, who was an utter dick to her. Um, and there's a there's a point in the story. I don't know if it's true where he throws all these poems that he wrote to her. Because of the, the poems, I don't, now she's dead and he puts him in the grave. She died of a laudanum overdose. And um, and then he realises that he could get money from these and he actually digs, up, <laughs> digs it up. No, you're joking. Yes. So I don't know if that's dramatic licence or he really did it, but you're like, because he does this whole thing about, I'm going to leave these poems and it all looks very dramatic and then he comes back later and digs it up. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you would not like him. Um Another thing if you fancy, if you're really into the pre-Raphaelites, the William Morris Gallery, which is free yeah, to visit. I've been to that. Yeah, it's the home of the world's largest collection of William Morris's work. And it's open Tuesdays to Sundays from 10am to 5pm. It's at Lloyd's Park in, in Walthamstow, so Walthamstow Central's your nearest, or Black Horse Road, you get the 123 up there. And then there's a film on called Effie Gray, which is on Amazon, which is a 2014 biographical film written by Emma Thompson, Starring Dakota Fanning, Emma Thompson, Emma Thompson, Julie Walters, David Suchet, Derek Jacobi, you know the, the you know, and Robbie Coltrane's last uh, film role, and it's based on the true story of John Ruskin. So John Ruskin, nobody knows who he is now, but at the time he was this really famous man of letters. He was a famous critic. What he said was really, really important, and he was one of the first supporters of the Pre-Raphaelites. But he married this young woman called Euphemia Gray, and um, there was an annulment. It was a big, big scandal because. Though they'd been married several years, they never consu- they never consummated the wedding. And it was a big... She had to have a virginity test. And um, and she ended up marrying John Millet, so obviously, you know, who was a, a, a pre-Raphaelite painter. And it was a, a very big, big scandal. And there's a thing about Ruskin, I don't know if it's true, where they say he actually got... He was horrified by the fact that she had pubic hair. Little did he know that a hundred years later that would be quite common. But um, and he really he had a thing they think for younger girls. So like when he was um, forty, he he kind of got interested in a girl called Rose Rose Latouche when she was ten years old, and when she was seventeen, he proposed to marry her. And uh, his Why ex-wife would he be got in so touch. Surprised when his she, ex-wife got in touch with, with the mother and said he's. Don't let your daughter marry him. 
Um, and then when he was 70, he fell in love with another teenager. But um, it's weird because he was such this this big man of letters and, uh, and nobody knows who he is. So that's that if you fancy a bit of uh, pre-Raphaelites uh, in your life. You've got TV, film or in the exhibition. And a museum. All right. the covered. It's, it's all there. It's all there for your pre-Raphaelite. Pre-Raphaelite. Oh, fuck Say that fast. Pre-Raphaelite. 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 That's hard. That's it. All, all your all your needs uh, covered there by Maureen Younger. Do do go and check all of that out. Thank you very much, Maureen Younger, for your cultural corner. Well, we are at that time. We've learned. We've been cultured. I've uh, hopefully helped some teachers. We've talked about Glastonbury. We've had some wonderful chat. We've got Maureen's moments. But what uh, we want to let some anger out now. So uh, we want to know, Jen, what the hell is getting your goat? <laughs> Don't judge me. Now, you're going to be judging me now, but bloody well wait, okay? This is terrible, isn't it? That's what's got my goat. And and, and do you know who I blame? Society. (laughs) Um, well, always loads of things. I find talking to people sometimes, um, it's people with, all right, I'll start again. Sometimes I find people that are incredibly entitled really in, in irritating. Do you know what I mean? Those people that um, have been uh, given everything, uh, achieve one thing and just assume, and it's been really easy for them, and just assume that that is easy for everyone. Oh, I just did this and then I got that and I guess, um, and then I got this and then I got that and then I got this and then I got that. And I, and that's the route you take in order to be successful. It's those cunts. They can fuck off. I am sick to the back teeth of hearing about how easy it is to achieve stuff. It's like, mate, that's not my experience. I don't know what you're talking about. It's nothing but a bloody struggle. It's struggle. It's hard work. It's hard. It's hard work, isn't it? Don't you agree? Do you know what I, I get really annoyed about is children of famous people going, well, yeah, they opened the door for me, but I did all the work. And you think, no, getting the door opened is the hardest part, mm-hmm. you idiot. Mm-hmm. How privileged are you to think that the hardest part is the... E- no, it's not... Doing the work is a given. It's trying to get those doors open. That is what that is the difficult bit. I mean, you know, we've all done that, where we've spent years and years trying to get into certain clubs. You know, and that's not... That's just, you know, just the way it is. And that... I find that so annoying when they say that. Oh, oh I Honestly, Maureen, I find it, like, to be... I mean, there was a point where I would go, oh, I'd nod my head and I'd go, yeah, gosh, it's just, yeah, it must be. And now I find myself thinking, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Shut up. Honestly, don't assume that your experience of gliding through life with absolutely, with every door swung open for you as you arrived and a round of applause as you entered. Just to let you know that that is not the experience of 99.9% of us. The experience is we go to the door, the door is locked, firmly shut, it's been sealed with some sort of cement. (laughs) You've been knocking on the door, no one can hear you. You have to find another door, that door's not open. You walk round to another door, that's another circuitous 100-mile round-trip route just to get to that door. (laughs) Then you get there and someone says, sorry, we weren't expecting you, we'll have to come back tomorrow. Those are the doors I'm finding. And then, you know, I just... Or when it's it's spun, it's like, you know what it's like. You know, you get there and you just do that and it blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, I absolutely don't know because that is not my experience. <laughs> and every time, every single fucking thing I've gotten has been an absolute journey. A journey which I would rather have, of course, I would rather have avoided the journey. But the, the journey has nonetheless been had. And I had a few conversations over Glastonbury where I just thought, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Do you know what? Conversely, sometimes you get it in comedy where people have had a really easy, like they, for whatever reason, the industry has liked them straight away. So they've had a really, you know, easy entry. Sure. And then it falters. Yeah. And they can't deal with it because they assume that that's how it should be. It should always be that easy. Whereas we know, we know from bitter experience, it's not. And it is weird seeing them try to navigate that where they, they just can't get their heads around the fact that actually the doors don't always open. Yeah. Yeah. The doors don't. They don't always open. And, and, and you know, I don't... Look, I, I, maybe I would be an absolute bellend if the doors had always opened for me, but um, th- but they didn't. Um, and I think that's not necessarily, you know, maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? Maybe it's not a bad thing to have to graft to get what you want. And then when you've got it, 
you can really enjoy it, can't you? But the it's the it's the absolute lack of self awareness that not that that your experience, and then it and then and with that with that experience of like I guess you know I just did this this and this and I achieved this comes this kind of thing like and if you if you're doing that and you haven't achieved this well then you're probably not as good at good as me I guess because it's a meritocracy and so I guess nice. I'm here because I'm better than you and it's like you're not there because you're better you're there because you're lucky sometimes it's luck sometimes well, it's even... luck and sometimes it's the fact that you just no one there's no discriminate there's no one can discriminate against you because there's nothing to discriminate against you're white you're cis you're a man you're heterosexual you're able-bodied you know you're you're blonde whatever you it's all going for you but also, it is, a, it is a lot to do with luck, you know. It is luck. I uh, went to Nigel Hawthorne's memorial. He was a very good actor uh, at the National. And um, he became famous after being in the business for 21 years. So he was in Private Lives, I think, or Privates on Parades, one of the two of them. And somebody came to see him and got, got him the job as, you know, the, the minister, the, the civil yes servant minister. and yes minister. And, um, you know... And he said that was after 21 years. And actually, Morgan Freeman, somebody asked Morgan Freeman once, you know, do you, you, know, you bitter that, you know, you didn't become successful in your, you know, you had to be in your 50s before you became successful. And he went, well, no, because I might never have been successful. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it might yeah. never have come. And that's, you know, a lot of it is luck, you know, um, just being yeah, there at I, the right time, I, right place. Of course, I do think there's a lot of luck with anything, you know. Uh, uh, anything that any sort of uh, good fortune that comes your way is 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 you know it's not and it's not magical thinking. I'm not going oh it's like you know spiritually I manifested something and it happened. I just mean that sometimes statistically, if you stick around for long enough, you know, and you've got the stamina and obviously you are talented, some you know you might you might get a bit of luck that propels you forward, mightn't you? Yeah. Um, and then other and times you're Jack Whitehall and your life is set. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, not, yeah. I, no, no offense. I'm not taking anything away from these people, but sometimes they just have all the right connections. Uh, I bet you it's relative to them, though. I bet you, Jen, they truly do feel like sometimes they have suffered. <laughs> that they are, Look, they I are mean, going through a hard time. I, I'm I, not to detract. This business is tough, whichever way you look at it. But it's just for some of us, it's actually really tough. As in, <laughs> also, us three started when people actively did not want women on the bill. Actively, <laughs> so, you know. So whereas now they actively want women on the bill. Yeah. So you know, it's a, it's a complete turnaround in the situation. But you yeah, know, I remember sure. once doing a gig. Uh, you know, it was like one of those open spots. You know, with a view to paid work, and it went really well. I remember, and this club used to run every night. I think more or less every night it was quite a well-known club in London. It doesn't run anymore. And I said, "Oh, can I get some paid work?" And he went, "Well." You know, we already booked six female comics and three of them are rubbish, so no. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, six. And also, well, if they're rubbish, then just take one of them out and put me in. But um, I didn't say it. I just was like, never mind. But, you know, that was the kind of attitude you, you would get. So, like, it's quite strange now where people actively want women on the bill as opposed to, oh, I suppose we have to put women on the bill then. Oh, I mean, Once I every four to... weeks or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I I used to speak to promoters going, I can only put one woman on the bill. I, I that's all I can do because my audience yeah. won't my audience won't put up with more than one woman. <laughs> and I thought, your audience will do whatever you tell what you them. tell them. Yeah, your audience will accept whatever, and you will book women that are funny, and they will just go on stage, and people will laugh, and then they will accept that it's okay for two women to be on the bill. But by not doing that, we're always a token. I mean, do you remember there was a time when the only time I used to gig with other women was at my gigs, so they were all female yep. lines. Same. Yeah. That was the yep. only time I would gig with other women were at your gigs. Laughing Maureen. Cows. I when with... I first came that here, was that was it. Yeah. yeah. You'd never gig with another woman because you just would never be on the bill with someone, another nope. female. Oh, breathe it out, everyone. Breathe it out. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> other than that, nothing. I'm, I'm very zen. Zen. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.